This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So it's that time of the year, or I should say the quarter, when Berkshire Hathaway puts out its 13F. Now remember the 13Fs, sounds all technical, but those are the quarterly filings that hedge funds, big money managers have to do um, to the SEC. You have to have over 100 million under management, and then you have to file these forms. They're filed 45 days after the end of the prior quarter. So they're not real time about what the buys and the sells are that these uh, money managers are doing, but it does give us an idea of what they did the prior quarter at least. And I know many of you like to watch Berkshire's moves like a hawk, as do I. So when this report came out, um, I was watching CNBC at the time and they like broke in on Berkshire's 13F filing. And I was very interested in this quarter because this quarter, the fourth quarter of 2022, that is when stocks hit a bottom in October. Many stocks were very cheap. I have been curious to see if Berkshire Hathaway did dive in on those lows um, because again, there were many things that did go on sale. And also remember Buffett is sitting on a ton of cash. And I did think, oh, he had to be buying you know, there when it seemed like it was pretty dark and gloomy. But we now know because 13F is out. No, he really wasn't buying. <laughs> Once again, I'm mostly disappointed with the Berkshire Hathaway moves. This is why I tell people, you know, not to follow Berkshire's trades like they are the gospel, because um, there's different things going on with Berkshire now, and there's three managers of that portfolio, and every quarter it seems pretty obvious like who is making which trades and I'm going to get into that in a minute. So my advice is always to do on Berkshire's 13 F's and when we see what they're doing is to use their trade ideas, but don't buy and sell it exactly like they're doing because you're not getting Warren Buffett just himself making these trades. You are also getting, you know, Todd Combs and Ted Weschler. Uh, they're both outstanding investors themselves, but they have their restrictions too on how much money they control in the portfolio. Buffett has the final say really over most of the money. And so there's these weird dynamics that we're not even really aware of that go on behind the scenes, I'm sure. So it's not like Todd and Ted are actually running their own true portfolios where they have, you know, they can have the green light on anything. And um, I don't know, it's just, it's not what we think it is really. So my biggest beef with this 13F and these buys and sells really was the Taiwan semiconductors. So this reminds me, this trade of what they did in, let me think back, it was 2020, I believe, um, or maybe it was 2021 even when Berkshire first bought some shares of Chevron and everybody's like, oh, they're buying Chevron, blah, 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 this is it. And then they sold off most of it suddenly, like even a quarter later. And we knew, or I knew 
that is not Warren Buffett. And then they bought in again, just like another quarter with that huge buy, the over $20 billion purchase of Chevron, that was Warren Buffett. Those other buys were not. They were, you know, Todd or Ted doing those others. So this is what's happened with Taiwan Semiconductor. So let's 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 look back at what what went on with that trade. So they bought a $4.2 billion stake in the third quarter of 2022 in Taiwan Semi, ticker TSM. Everybody was all like, oh, he's getting into semiconductors. You know, there's none in the portfolio. This is great. It's a pretty sizable position, not huge for the overall portfolio, but still 4.2 billion. Um, it was 60 million shares. And now we find out in the fourth quarter, so that was third quarter, fourth quarter, they sold 86% of it. So they went from 60 million down to 8.3 million. The semis were very weak in the fourth quarter. They have now rallied in the Q1. So are we thinking that was Warren Buffett who did that? Buying in the one quarter, selling in the next? No, it's not him. It's one of the others. Um, so that's why this annoys me now. And that's why if you think you're following Buffett when you are tracking these trades, you're not. It's not him. Um, and that trade just annoys me too. Why is a long-term investor, um, a value investor buying in one quarter and selling in the next when there was no you know, big event, like no big news, no change in the business, nothing to say we need to sell out here. And they sold possibly on the lows. So why would you do that? I don't know. This is what annoys me now, as I said. Um, let's look at some of the other sales though, which I do think were Buffett. So Berkshire sold out of more of the banks, U US Bank Corps, ticker USB. It's now just 0.1% of the portfolio. Basically, they're gonna go down and get out of it completely because he sold 91% of the shares in the fourth quarter. Bank of uh, uh, that one, USB, a reminder, he first bought it in the first quarter of 2006. So that's an old, old holding. But the banks, he's been patient all these years, but he's starting to just get rid of them all because um, they're not doing what he wants them to be doing. He already has the huge Bank of America position. So do you need five or six banks and they're going nowhere? No, you don't. So he's selling out of all a lot of these smaller ones. He also sold out a big position of the Bank of New York, ticker BK on that one. And so I expect like what happened with Wells Fargo that these other banks will just disappear out of the portfolio, um, you know, possibly as soon as Q1 of this year. Now he did nothing with Bank of America and I think he owns Citigroup too, ticker C, nothing was done with those. So Bank of America, that huge position in the portfolio, I think it's about still about 10%. Let me look. Um, uh, what is it? Bank of America, no, 11% of the portfolio now. Um, you know, that one is kind of like his main bank now. Used to be Wells Fargo, but that ended. And now he's just holding on this one. He is getting the dividend, so it's not terrible making, you know, millions of dollars off the, just the dividend on that one. Um, another one he sold, but 
is it really him? And this was also a surprise, was selling a small share in Chevron. And this was after the big share that was bought, um, you know, the just in like the last year. So the initial position I see now, um, when the portfolio initially bought Chevron, it was in the fourth quarter of 2020, and then it was selling out of it in the first quarter of 2021. And that's when I did said on the podcast that was dumb. And that's when I said it was not Buffett, it was one of the others. And then they went in on the big position, but we know that was probably Buffett. Obviously, it was like, you know, 20 billion or more. And he's the only one who can control the money. So it had to be him. Now, this position was just 1% of the shares. And it was just 2.4 million shares. He, uh, the portfolio still has 163 million shares. So this is very, very small. And my thinking is that this was still part of the remaining shares of the original purchase by one of the lieutenants, right? They control their own portfolios. So even though Buffett added on to this position for the overall portfolio with his big purchase, one of the lieutenants still owned their own shares in Chevron and decided to sell some of it maybe just to raise up some cash. I mean, the shares have rallied big, cash in some of those gains and deploy that money somewhere else because they don't have access, as far as we know, to the rest of the cash that's sitting there in Berkshire Hathaway. That's still controlled by Buffett himself, unless he deems it worthy to give up some of it to his lieutenants, but he's never said that he has. So that's my thinking on the Chevron sale. It's not as shocking as you might think if it's just the lieutenant selling off their little position to cash in those gains and make some money so that they can deploy it in something else they want to be in. And that makes some sense, right? So Chevron ticker CVX still is number three in the portfolio at about 9.8% of the portfolio. Um, but also interestingly, after buying, uh, you know, both Chevron and Occidental ticker OXY, pretty feverishly a couple of years ago, that is halted. And um, you know, unless those stocks get cheaper, then they they may not add further to those positions at least right now. They're waiting on the sidelines. They're waiting for a bigger sell-off, maybe in energy, to get those shares cheap again. Um, so that's. Those are the cells. Now let's turn to some good news on the buy side. Now for the first time in a while, they actually added to the Apple position, ticker AAPL. They bought 333,856 shares, but they have 895 million, blah, blah, blah. Let's just call it 895 million shares. So I saw in the media that they're all like, oh, he bought a big stake in Apple. Well, was it? No, he added this, he added, but it's not that big a deal. It was fairly small, actually. Um, and it's, you know, shares were down. So he saw some value there, or somebody did, either Buffett or the lieutenants, and decided to deploy some money back in when Apple had sold off in the fourth quarter there. They also added a small percentage percentage to the Louisiana Pacific position, which was bought last year, ticker LPX. That's the building products 
it's trading at 16 times, so it is still fairly cheap. And that's trading 16 times here in 2023. And then they added a little bit more to Paramount, Paramount Global, ticker P-A-R-A. That is now trading at 19 times, but it's rallied big in 2023, like a lot of these kind of growthy names I have, and it's up 43% year to date. So it was cheaper when they added more to that position in the fourth quarter. So they did buy the dip on some of these. Um, but something that has been bothering me for a while, in addition to these other things bothering me about the Berkshire portfolio now, is once again, what about Amazon? I've mentioned on various other podcasts as we waited for this 13F to come out that I was curious whether or not Berkshire Hathaway was going to add to the Amazon position. Now, we know it was not Buffett who bought that position, but that doesn't stop either of the lieutenants from you know, diverting some money over to Amazon, which was down 50% as of you know, the end of last year. Um, it bought its billion dollar position in Amazon in the first quarter of 2019. So that was even pre-pandemic. So it's been a while. But I looked at the price of Amazon from the end of March 2019. So the very end of that quarter, because we don't know when they bought it in the quarter. We just know they bought it sometime in there. And through February 15th, 2023, when I'm recording this, Amazon shares are up 12.6% during that time period. But the S&P 500 is up 45.9%. So you would have been better off in the basic index through that period. And that it does not even include the dividends in the S&P 500. So your gains would have been even much better than even 45%. And remember, Amazon does not pay a dividend. And so you're not you're not going anywhere other than the 12.6. Um, Amazon is paying us nothing. And I do own Amazon in my own personal portfolio. But the question as an investor and an owner, you would be asking yourself, as it sold off 50% last year, many of us were asking this, do I buy more here? It's gone on sale technically, right? Down 50%. Do I buy more? Um, if I believe in the company, yeah then that is on sale. Or if I don't believe in the company, if I'm like, no, you know, it's terrible over there. I don't like what they're doing. Then I exit it. Do I just stick around? I, I don't know. Um, if I have no money on the sidelines, then yes, obviously. And I still like the company Then I'm just sticking in it. I can't add. But if I've got cash on the sidelines, why wouldn't you add there? Um, it's not a 5% position. So they don't have like a huge position like they do in Apple, which is 5.6% ownership. And a few others like the RH position is over 10%. So they don't have the issues of like, oh, we're a 5% owner. So we have to disclose other things when we buy and sell. No, they can just do it. But, um, you know, they're choosing not to. So I'm not sure if I was a Berkshire shareholder what I'm getting out of them just sitting on this Amazon position. Um, Amazon over the last year now, even with the rally here to start 2023, is down 35% over that time period. 
So what is Buffett doing with the cash? His purchases that quarter were not big. This is not deploying, you know, even a couple billion dollars really. Um, and he has billions still sitting there. Why not deploy it in the fourth quarter? This is what I was waiting to see. Well, maybe uh, it's just not cheap enough. The S&P 500 now here in 2023, now that we've had the rally, is trading at 19 times. But it was still trading at 17 times even last year, at the end of last year. And that historically has not been cheap. So during the 2008, 2009, during the Great Recession pullback, the S&P 500 traded under 14 times um, during that period. In the 1970s, it ended up trading under 10 times for super cheap by the end of that decade. So Buffett's always been patient. He he cashed in in the 1970s when the stocks got super cheap. Remember, he called himself giddy at all the opportunities, like a kid in the candy store. And it could be he knows it's just simply not cheap enough. Even at those lows last October, where it looked kind of dark, and we had a 50% sell-off in stocks like Amazon, it still wasn't cheap enough to like really go all in. Even on something like Apple, there were some shares added there, but he didn't even buy a million shares. He didn't even he didn't even really deploy that cash that's sitting there. Um, and you get a dividend with Apple at least. So the cash could have been deployed into the dividend, but it could be he's in some short-term securities or stuff with this cash that's even paying pretty decent these days. So maybe maybe he's not all enthused to get out of that cash right now uh, because he might be getting something for it finally. So these are just the questions I have out there about Berkshire Hathaway, its portfolio. I know all of us as value investors, we do love to see the 13 Fs. We do like to follow it. I know some of you even do the trades, but I caution, as I've done in the past, about thinking that that's Warren Buffett making the trades, which many times we now know it is not him. And also just uh, he has different um, interests, let's so to speak. He can sit there on all this cash. Nobody's actually calling him out on it, really, are they? No, I don't really hear it. Um, so, but the rest of us may not want to be there all in cash. Or if we are and we want to keep the cash, we can put it into CDs right now. We can put it into high yield savings accounts. I've seen many of those. They're they're paying between three and four percent. Some even a little bit higher than four percent right now. So that's not a bad deal either. So you might not even need to buy stocks. You can keep it in cash in like a CD or a savings account. I can't believe I'm saying that, but you can. So there are other alternatives here in 2023, and I'm not even going to get into bonds. I'm just going to stick with cash or stocks. And so um, whatever strategy Berkshire uh, Hathaway is deploying may not be the one for you. So keep that in mind. Also, he has this enormous position in Apple. It is 38% of the just this equity portfolio, a huge position of the entire company. And many people might want to be a little more diverse than having 40% in just one position, even if it is the mighty Apple, right? 
Um, okay, so again, I know I sound disappointed on this podcast because I am. I, I I expected more out of Berkshire Hathaway with the stocks really selling off into that fourth quarter. I thought now is the time, but this does give us some clues that maybe it isn't the time. It just simply isn't cheap enough yet. And so we have to be patient too because apparently uh, Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett himself are being patient. Um, also, I do think that the bank sell-offs are a little interesting here. He still does have exposure. So if the banks end up taking off this year, like many of the bank analysts believe will happen, then he still will cash in on that. But he is uh, throwing in the towel on some of these more regional bank names. So let me recap the stock tickers again. So there was Taiwan Semi that he liked, but then he didn't, but it's not him. So they're trading that. I don't really like that, but it is what it is. Ticker TSM on Taiwan Semi. Then we have the banks. US Bank Corp, he sold out of that. USB and Bank of New York, BK. He stuck in there with Bank of America, ticker BAC. And that's his second largest position still. Chevron, they sold a small percentage of that. And I do say they, because I do think it was one of the lieutenants selling there. But we'll never know, right? <laughs> Until there's some memoir written 50 years from now. But for now, we, we don't know for sure, but that would seem an odd sale from Warren Buffett himself after taking the huge position. But that ticker is CV as in Victor X. Then of course we had Apple, he bought a little bit more of that one, AAPL. Louisiana Pacific is L as in Larry, P as in Paul, X as in X-ray. And then Paramount Global also added to that one. P-A-R-A is the ticker, P as in Paul, A-R as in Robert, A as in Adam. So again, we have to wait until they we see what they do in this first quarter. But if they weren't buying in the fourth quarter, I don't see them buying in the first quarter after this rebound rally when things are more expensive. So, um, and energy has not yet had like a big um, sell off, a big breakdown again. It's kind of holding on its own there at uh, not record highs, but um, stable. It's stable. So I don't see him adding to those positions until he gets like a bigger breakdown and then find some deals. So keep those things in mind, but we'll be watching, of course. And um, we have the annual meeting has got to be coming up again in a couple months again, too. And so we'll have plenty of Buffett news out there. And every year it's important to tune in because obviously he is in his 90s now. And um, Charlie Munger, did he turn 100? He might be 99 or possibly 100 now. So I always tune in whenever they're speaking and even on these 13 Fs and everything else I can with Berkshire Hathaway because um, Warren Buffett's still the greatest living value investor ever. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We're going to continue talking about Berkshire Buffett value stocks all throughout the year. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and you can get us with the Zach's Market Edge podcast. I also do and sometimes cover value like topics over there as well. You can get us all on SoundCloud. Just 
tap in Zach's Market Edge on there and you'll find us. But be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more value stacks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.